the reviews are in, but they were lost when my computer died. <laughs> I'm just saying, funny, I, I've got remarkably little this week, so you'll be listening to an awful lot of Todd talking about things that he watched this week and all the notes that I made on the stuff I watched this week. Died with a motherboard, you bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, anyway, we're still going to be doing a lot of stuff on a show that the two of us really enjoyed. At least I really enjoyed. I think you really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And we've kind of been putting off talking about, in detail anyway, talking about WandaVision. Because we don't want to spoil anything, but it ended. So, yeah, we can talk about it now. Yay! WandaVision, the show from Disney Plus, starring... Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, or Wanda Maximoff and Vision, depending on which credits you're watching. Indeed. As uh, two Avengers in a sitcom. Question mark? What? <laughs> uh, but actually, before we get into this, if you have not seen it, one, spoilers ahead, and two, there is now a making of uh, video on Disney Plus uh, called Assembled, which is kind of a play on the Avengers Assemble thing. Because because you're not going to notice that. Right. the uh, But don't watch the making of before you watch the series. <laughs> Spoilers. That would be lots of them. And by the way, if you haven't watched WandaVision yet, I was thinking, well, where have you been? The International Space Station? But no, I'm sure they can you watch WandaVision there. there. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, clearly it's by choice. So. Well, I, I do know some people who have not watched it yet because they watched like the first two episodes and went, this is remarkably silly sitcom that doesn't sound like Avengers stuff. Why did they do this? I don't get it. I don't understand. And I have told each and every one of them. Yes, Bill, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I have told each and every one of them <laughs> what you need to do. The first three are very silly, but you need to sit through episode four. Personally, once episode four kicks in, you go, oh, I get it. Here's here's my note for people who didn't have faith in Marvel Studios. We're not going to have any spoilers at all. Go ahead and listen to our entire show because <laughs> you deserve the spoilers because you should have had faith in Marvel. There's no reason not to think Marvel can't pull off anything they attempt. I mean, at worst, what are you going to get? Thor The Dark World? That was entertaining. That was a better than average DC movie. You know what? I've actually <laughs> gone back and watched these, and I have come to the conclusion that Thor The Dark World and Iron Man are not the worst Marvel movies. Uh-oh. The ones that I like the least at this point, and this is going to be controversial and it's going to make people upset with me, it's actually the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, both of them. Really? Interesting. I they're they're good to watch the first time through, but you watch them again and you go, there's a lot of really stupid humor in this. And it's right. also not the Guardians of the Galaxy I grew up with. Also true. Starhawk showed up, and I'm sure they didn't tell Stallone that he's a, uh, I'm going to call him magically transsexual character. <laughs> And by I, I'm, I, this is not a slam on transsexual people. One of the things with uh, the character of Starhawk is he can go, 
I I am Starhawk or Starhawk's wife. They're both trapped in the same body. It's a split personality thing, but when it switches from one to the other, all of a sudden, boink, I've got boobs and other bits that weren't there earlier. And you go, oh, wait, it's a magically transsexual character. Um, Anyway, we're off subject. Back at WandaVision. (laughs) Slightly. (laughs) But that's Marvel for you. It's Marvel. Marvel Marvel can be weird sometimes, and that is certainly the way they started this off. They did. They really did go after the Dick Van Dyke show for the first episode. There's so many references to Wanda and Vision being... uh, What were were Dick Van Dyke's and Mary Tyler Moore's names? There was Rob and... And Laura. Laura, thank you. It's been a while since I've seen it. Because, you know, it, it came out in the 50s and... 60s. Was it the 60s? Lucy was in the 50s. Dick Van Dyke's in the 60s. Okay. Either way, I wasn't around yet. <clears throat> Sadly, I was. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> Just because you're old. Anyway, the... <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh... They did a good job of making the show feel like the Dick Van Dyke show. And when they did the second episode with Bewitched, it felt like a Bewitched episode. Um, Episode three, the Brady Bunch slash Partridge family thing. It felt like a Brady Bunch slash Partridge family thing, which admittedly is where they did start to lose me a bit because I was not really a fan of the Brady Bunch or the Partridge family. But they had an intriguing storyline. The the magical pregnancy. You need to watch it to, to, to get that completely, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the childbirth. The sending away of Monica Rambeau. Hmm. Um, it, it's actually that last bit that made me go, okay, now what? Leading into episode four, which just opened. It opened more than a can of worms. You know, there was so much packed into episode four that made you go, oh, this is where they're going with it. I am. I don't understand completely, but I understand a lot more than I did, even though there are now more questions than there were before we started this episode. Exactly. Um, What? Which is where this fun really, really, really started. It really it, does. That's when they pulled back. I was going to say they pulled back the curtain. They didn't pull back the curtain. They actually went behind the scenes in the production of the sitcoms. Because that's basically what those first three episodes were. With little hints of things to come. And you really started to get a, pic, a much clearer picture of what was going on. But like you said, they actually wound up asking even more questions. Which is fun because then you want to see the next episode to see where it's going. Just foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, this this is to me, in some ways, this is the best thing Marvel's ever done, and they've done some pretty amazing things. And and this is, even though it's pretty short, it's only nine episodes. This is some of the best TV that's ever been done because it plays just with the entire concept of television and how we get sucked into it, and it's (laughs) it's working on so many levels. And as the episodes progress and as it continues to follow all these tropes of how TV works, 
even in episode four, there's some of that. And then they jump back into it and they, they keep on moving on and they go forward through time and they get more sophisticated, like TV got more sophisticated. Color. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And we've talked about it since it started briefly about, well, of course, Paul Bettany is excellent in this. We didn't oh, really talk too much about Paul Bettany. Because we have talked a lot about how good Elizabeth Olsen is in this. Absolutely incredible. There are some episodes in here, and I keep on thinking of Martin Scorsese and his idiotic comment about, oh, these comic book movies, it's like an amusement park, right? It's fun, but, you know, it's not cinema. It's like, maybe you should try watching some of these movies, buddy. You know, because I go back to watching his latest magnum opus, the, the four-hour slog on Netflix that was just a rehash of every other freaking mafia movie he's done. It's like, dude. <laughs> and, yeah, obviously he's a great director, but kind of narrow focus. Like, okay. really, like really narrow focus. Not to even try something different, because I guarantee you, if he watched WandaVision... He would see emotional arcs. He would see growth. That's what this whole thing is about. It's extremely, extremely well done. And if Elizabeth Olsen, shockingly to me, because I never thought of her as a great actress, guess what? She's a great actress. Because if she doesn't land (laughs) those emotions, those lines, this doesn't work. This would just be entertaining, which is, frankly, that's enough. But for people like Marty... There's got to be more. There's got to be a depth. There's got to be richness. It's like, it's here. Absolutely. It's very much here. And Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic. And actually, I wanted to mention one thing that I found in the making of uh, episode, which I wasn't expecting. One one of my, my main complaint about this series is that there's 17 years of credits at the end of each episode. <laughs> a lot of credits. And I thought... There is no way that there's this many special effects, that they need this many things going on. And I'm wrong, of course. <laughs> the, uh, but some of the special things that they showed, I was not expecting them to have been done the way they were done. So, yeah, there's a lot more special effects going on in the series. that, And most of them you're not even going to notice. Um, my favorite one... That I, I've got to point this out because I think it's just bizarre. I think we know that the character of Vision, uh, who we've seen in the movies a couple times so far, is, is he crimson colored? I was thinking maybe he's scarlet. He's not, you know, got a, a supernatural skin tone. I think he's magenta. Mage- I think he's too dark to be magenta. Kind I think magenta is more of a brighter thing. Anyway, what the hell do I know? I don't work for Crayola. He's kind of red. <laughs> it's a red It's a red thing. Anyway, when they did the black and white episodes, in the scenes where he was in his vision form and not his human-looking form, um, to make him look scarlet in the black and white image, they did not paint him scarlet. D- did you see this bit? Oh, I've not seen the... Okay, uh, you want to guess what color they painted him? Because I wasn't expecting this. Green. Blue. 
He <laughs> looked like a member of Blue Man Group with a soul stone in his forehead. And it works. Uh, I, because I'm used to seeing him as this dark red uh, character. When I saw the black and white footage, I went, oh, well, they've just made him. He looks in my head. He still looks that color. But in the making of, they went, there's all these pictures of him blue. That's funny. Really? Wow. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot of there. There are a lot of special effects going on in oh, addition yeah. to all the tremendous emotional arcs and story arcs and uh, Noah's arcs, all the stuff that's going on in this film. And, uh, and as far as the special, or, I'm effects sorry, go, movie, TV for, show. I'll get I'll get there eventually. What is this called? People, it's a... <laughs> for people who just want to watch stuff go boom, which often is me, frankly. Uh, special effects in this. Easily as good as anything that Marvel's done. So yeah. it's not like, oh, we got to save some money because this is just a TV show. We're going to do this a low budget. It's like, not at all. You can kind of tell that that's where they're going when you watch the trailers for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because there's a lot of stuff that blows up in those trailers. <laughs> yes, there is. So they're not, they're not holding anything back. These, I think, I don't know that they'd want to make them necessarily movies. Because the the story for WandaVision, it's a bit long to be a movie. Oh, yeah. You'd have to sit through, you know, an hour of the sitcom part. And yes, those first three episodes are worth sitting through in order to get the full effect of what goes on in the rest of the episodes. Um, but it, it's just too long to be put in a movie. So they put it in a TV series, but gave it the movie budget. So, yeah, it turned out great. I highly recommend. I there. I mean, there are a few things that you're going to end the series with and go, "Oh, that's disappointing." They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Uh, it turned out that uh, Herb, <laughs> the neighbor, is not Brother Voodoo. I'm slightly disappointed by that. Yeah. But at the same time, that's something I thought of in my head, and not something that uh, right. that they announced was going to happen. That they fell through on, or, or teased, or anything like that. Yeah. Like- Quicksilver shows up and, well, that's, that's too much of a spoiler. Um, but you'll see, you'll see who Quicksilver is. And we talked we'll about call this. him Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> He's my brother. Uh, and we talked about this a bit, I think it was just last week, how there was all this talk about, oh my gosh, they're gonna, there's going to be a big cameo. There's going to be a big cameo. And it turns out it was just a joking reference that Paul Bettany made before the thing started. And it was just some offhand comment he made, and the internet being what it is, us included, picked up on it. And there was endless debate about who's the big cameo going to (laughs) be. It wasn't anything that they did. It was just a comment that someone made. And I don't know if we ever mentioned the only other actor who showed up in all nine episodes, Catherine Hahn as Agnes, the nosy neighbor, also beyond terrific. She is absolutely great. So, yeah, everyone that's in this movie does a terrific job. Absolutely worthwhile. If you... I want to throw out, including uh, Tiana Paris, who played Monica Rambeau, did an excellent job. Randall Park, who brought back Jimmy Woo, excellent. Kat Dennings, who played Darcy. Yep. Apparently her last name is Lewis. Somehow I missed this in all the things she's been in. (laughs) Um 
she was excellent. There is not anyone in this who did not just nail it. Right. The two, the two young actors who played the kids, Billy and Tommy, they're excellent. Act, they act like, four actors. Because they, like they were two, two little kids first, and then they grew True. up a little. Billy and Tommy, Billy and Tommy. I, I'm not counting the, the infant versions because <laughs> that's just a bit weird. That would be weird. I wonder if they, they probably have their SAG cards, so though. That's pretty weird. Um, <laughs> overall, yeah, I mean, this is just an absolutely great series. Um, I can't imagine someone who is into superhero stuff that hasn't seen it. Like you said, people who maybe just got turned off by this is just too weird for me. It's like, like you said, you got to stick with it because this show is so good. And, and yes, for the record, we both said when it first started, it's like, what? the hell did i just watch we were intrigued enough to keep watching but yeah it's really really weird it, it is but in in such a good way oh yeah absolutely it's just so it's just you, you've got a weekend sit down watch wandavision you've got time yes you do nine episodes and they're about 40 odd minutes each and when you stop the, credits, Actually, the first three are just 20 if you don't if you don't take out, <laughs> take out the uh, six years of credits at the end exactly and you do have to watch the first six episodes as soon as the credits start you can turn it off although you shouldn't because you should appreciate all the hard work that all the people behind the scenes did but starting with episode seven there are scenes after the credits start just saying <clears throat> Actually, there was kind of a mid-credit thing in the first one where we pulled back and see someone with a sword logo watching TV. I'm not sure if you want to count that as one or not. It counts. Um, I forgot it. But it counts. And actually, and this really did just now occur to me, because we're watching a TV show in a TV show where Wanda has created opening credits for each episode in the style of the episode they're emulating. So the Dick Van Dyke episode has a Dick Van Dyke opening. Uh, Bewitched has a Bewitched opening. When you we watch the first, because there's kind of two sets of credits. Yeah. I'm wondering if that first set of credits is people Wanda made up to make that TV show. And then we go to the real credits of the people who actually made WandaVision. Oh, damn it. Now I have to watch the whole thing again. No, now you have to watch the credits again. I've made it worse. <laughs> yeah, this, it's just, it's so smart on so many levels. Yeah, it's just, uh, it reminds me of, you had mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, which you now hate. But, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's as hate. <laughs> I've even got Guardians news, kind of. Huge. Uh, Karen Gillian, who played is... Nebula in the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies and a couple of yeah. Avengers movies, and I'm sure she, you remember her from Doctor Who even. Uh, she is being looked at heavily by Disney for another role. She's allegedly going to be playing Mara Jade in a forthcoming Star Wars movie or TV show. We're not sure which. And if you don't know Mara Jade, you don't know Star Wars is half as much as you think you do. But don't feel bad about it because Disney retconned her. <laughs> which is one of the reasons I don't like Star Wars as much as I used to. I've become bitter. Have you noticed that? No. <laughs> Disney. I blame Disney. Anyway. Disney likes to play their tricks with things, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have, other than WandaVision, which I'm highly recommending, and as are you, I've got nothing this week. Did you watch anything this week? I watched stuff this week. Wow. I watched a movie that's about five years old on the recommendation of the girlfriend. Hi, girlfriend. Uh, I watched Captain Fantastic. And despite the title, no, this is not a Marvel or DC Universe film. It is a family drama with comedic interludes. Stars Vigo Mortensen, the brilliant, always brilliant Vigo Mortensen, as a dad who is definitely off the grid. And he's taken his family, his little tribe of children, and he is raising them to be independent and not a part of the horrific society as he sees it that we're in, where it's all about consumerism and make this and do this and fit into this little hole. And there's some conflict because issues arise when you're living off, off the grid that way. And uh, the, the big plot device here, and sadly that's about all she is because she's dead when the, oh, well, she's not dead when the movie starts, but she's dead about five minutes into the movie. So spoiler alert, blah. And, and if you read anything about the movie, you know that. <laughs> Mom dies. Less than half an hour in, it's not a spoiler. Yep. Mom dies. So they want to go to mom's funeral. Of course. Problem is mom's parents, as in mom's dad specifically, not a big fan of Ben, who is Viggo Mortensen's lifestyle. Matter of fact, he blames him for his daughter's death. Not directly, but just basically. So it's the conflict between these two characters. And this is the misadventures of him and his little tribe Little tribe. Good Lord, how many kids does he have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six kids? Yeah, I think there's six kids. And eh, maybe there's a seventh. Who knows? But Catholics. There you go. Sorry, that was anything, inappropriate. Anything but, as a matter of fact. They, they, uh, they actually have a celebration because they don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Noah Chomsky's birthday instead. Uh, so he's teaching them how to fight. <laughs> He's teaching them how to fight as in hand-to-hand combat with weapons, which is fun. Um, just a very strange dude. Um, but kind of makes sense within the context of you know, how you look at how society is. It's like, yeah, we do have kind of a screwed-up society. And he's doing his little part to make sure his children don't live in a screwed-up society. And, of course, eventually there are some conflicts because... Maybe society's not that screwed up. Maybe we're the ones that are screwed up, Dad. Can't we do live like normal people? That kind of stuff. This movie is so good. I know it sounds like this is some dry, horrible clinical thing I'm reading for a class that I only want to audit, but I have to get it to get my diploma at the end. Um, But this movie is so, so good. This is another one of these movies that just goes completely under the radar. That, I mean, I don't even remember. I barely remember when this came out. Didn't see it until this past week. Even though it has a 7.9 on IMDb, which is pretty freaking high. Um, 72 on Metascore. So critics like it. Regular folks like it even more. Viggo Mortensen is over the top excellent in this. All the actors who play the kids also, also really, really excellent. Speaking of Catherine Hahn, ah, she's in this. So she does not play Agnes. 
Although maybe she does. I didn't think about that. Actually. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, might. it could be. She actually might. But it's uh, just a really good family drama, which is a little bit, has a lot of, it's not heavy going. It's not the Mosquito Coast or something. So Lee is the only person who will get that. But it's much lighter than that. Very entertaining. Also has a cast member from The Boys in this. So two superhero links, even though the title is the only thing that makes you think of superheroes. Aaron Doesn't Norton. Aragorn count? So that'd be three. <laughs> is he a superhero, though? Not a superhero. If Batman can be, I think Aragorn can be. No, he's not a superhero. He's, he's got an extended lifespan. But there are the elements of the fantastic, so yeah. So, and, and Frank Langella, who once played Dracula, also in it. So there you go, there's four. Um, I know I haven't really said a whole lot about the plot, but that's really all you need to know. He goes on this trip, takes his kids to mom's funeral, uh... Hijinks ensue, hijinks which aren't particularly funny because they're not that kind of hijinks. Um, but there's really interesting character arcs for several of these characters, and the performances are awesome. I mean, this is going back. I didn't look to see what movies came out in 2016, but I guarantee you this is one of the top 10 movies of 2016, and nobody saw this thing. Excellent movie. Absolutely recommend Captain Fantastic. It's on, I believe, Netflix is where I watched it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And if you don't have Netflix, it's you can rent it for four bucks on lots of different services. So Captain Fantastic, excellent comedy drama flick. Heavier on the drama, but terrific, terrific movie. So does it compare to Kubo, which I seem to recall being our best, best what we considered the best movie of 2016? Very different. Kind well, of, I would think. But yeah. Uh, okay, as long as it's yeah. on the scale. Yeah, absolutely. It's on that scale. And Kubo is freaking great. I mean, we should probably mention Kubo about every other show. I mean, it's such a good, such a good move. Overlooked. It was made by Hayao Miyazaki. No. Just... <laughs> no, it was not. And we had to get that mention in there, too. We should have yeah. talked about this pre-crow. In pre-crow, high Ted. Ha, ha, ha. Barely beat you on that one. Anyway, I also watched a couple other flicks. Uh, about a month ago, I came across, I didn't come across them about a month ago, but I re-watched a couple movies about Hitchcock. One is called Hitchcock, one's called The Girl. And both about Alfred Hitchcock, both about two different episodes with Hitchcock, played by two different actors. And... I came across another flick and another flick, which did the same trick, except even more so. Back in 2005, there was a film called Capote, about Truman Capote and the writing of In Cold Blood. The funny thing is, back in 2005, uh, 2006... Which is like 2005, but slightly it's more. Very much like 2006. You know what? I wonder if they have this right, because I don't think that's accurate. Uh, 2006, a movie about Truman Capote and the making of In Cold Blood, called Infamous. 
So you have two movies came out back to back about the same person, about the same part of their life. Uh, it's kind of like Impact in Armageddon. Yeah. Whatever that movie was that was like Armageddon, but different. Yeah, we, we used to see this happen more in Hollywood where they would do the same thing. But a movie about the same person, about the same specific part of their life, really weird. Um, Capote starred Philip Seymour Hoffman. And as I recall, basically had the bigger buzz. And I'll just say right now, it's a great movie. Infamous didn't get quite the buzz. And aha. So probably Capote, maybe the production was 2005, but according to IMDb, it was released in February of 2006. I thought it was 2006. Infamous came out in October of the same year. So Infamous stars Toby Jones. Not quite the, the heft of Philip Seymour Hoffman as far as the reputation. Toby Jones is a hell of an actor. He's excellent as Capote, as is Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it's really, to me, it was just fascinating to watch two different takes on the same person going through the same thing. And the same people all around him going through the same thing. Uh, again, Capote had... I'm not sure that it's the better film. It's generally regarded as the better film. Critics rate it higher. has a better rating on IMDb, although at 7.0, that's pretty darn good. That's, that's not bad. That's Infamous. But Infamous has an amazing freaking cast. Absolutely amazing cast. All right, so Capote, Philip Seymour Hoffman, plays Truman Capote. All right. Uh, then you have Catherine Keener, excellent actress, plays Harper Lee. Nell is her first name, but Nell Harper Lee. Uh, Chris Cooper, excellent actor. He plays the main lawman, Alvin Dewey. Good stuff, right? Then we have, let's see, who plays... <laughs> The killer, Dick, okay, Dick Hickok is Mark Pellegrino. Clifton Collins Jr. plays Perry Smith. No knock on them. They're both excellent. Hadn't heard of them. But they're both very good. Everybody in this movie is excellent. Let's go to Infamous. Okay, so, again, Toby Jones plays Truman Capote. Sandra Bullock plays Nell Harper Lee. Uh, we also have Sigourney Weaver as Babe Paley is... Basically, uh, for the purposes of this film, just a friend of Truman. Isabella Rossellini, just a friend of Truman. Uh, Bennett, uh, Bennett Cerf, yeah, he doesn't, he's not in this movie because he was dead. Peter Bogdanovich plays Bennett Cerf, the publisher. Jeff Daniels plays Alvin Dewey, the lawman. <clears throat> uh, let's see, Hope Davis plays another friend of Gore. Of Gore. I said Gore because... Michael Payne's plays Gore Vidal, who pops in this as because he's a friend of Truman. Um, so this cast is... Married the Steam Virgin plays Al Gore. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is in this. She's a singer who's just in an early, early scene. And yes, it's her singing because she can sing. 
But here's the thing that really uh, got me about this film, because I had forgotten they were in this movie. Lee Pace, as in, yeah, that dude from the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, he plays Dick Hickok and Daniel Craig. Yes, our latest 007. He plays Perry Smith, the other killer. I mean, the cast in this is freaking amazing. And they're all excellent. Absolutely excellent. I was more engaged by Infamous than I was by Capote. I, I personally, I think it's the better film. Capote is terrific. It's interesting how they have different takes on the situation of Truman going to Kansas and being engrossed in the story of, and if you don't know the story of In Cold Blood, a, fa a family out in Kansas was murdered, quote, in cold blood. And Capote was fascinated by this, and he wanted to write about it. And he f saw this as, as is brought up several times in both films, that this is a new type of writing. Because basically he invented the true crime so if, if you're not a fan of the, the gigantic industry that is true crime, the endless books that come out about it, the endless TV shows, the God cable networks that are nothing but true crime, blame Truman Capote. I think uh, uh, what Pluto has three true crime channels. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Not shows, channels. Yeah. So Capote went to Kansas to... Talk to He wanted to see how it affected the town, which is an interesting concept. I don't know that anyone had really thought about, hmm, how did this affect the entire community when this upstanding family was, was killed? And he managed to weasel his way in to talk to the killers, and he actually developed a relationship with Perry Smith, one of the two. Um, and I might as well throw in In Cold Blood, the movie which came out, I think just two years after... Spoiler alert, they were executed for the crimes, um, which came out like in the 60s, and which is also a terrific movie. But it's not about the writing of the book, whereas these are both about the writing of the book and how it affected Capote. Um, both of these are just fascinating movies. Like I said, I prefer Infamous, but you won't be sorry if you watch Capote. Um, both Jones, <clears throat> excuse me. And Hoffman do an amazing job on portraying Capote. And if you've never seen Truman Capote, it's just just go to YouTube and type in Truman Capote, and you'll see him pop up on the Dick Cavett show about a million times. And or watch Murder by Death, because he's in Murder by Death, and he's hilarious in Murder by Death, which is a super funny movie, even though it sounds really killy, and it is. Uh, just overall, the cast is just amazing. The there's a very different take on the relationship between Capote and Perry Smith in these two films. That in itself was interesting just to see how they approached uh, the material. But both of these uh, kind of reminds me in a way, very different films, but it reminds me in a way of Glengarry Glen Ross. Awesome movie because you watch that movie, it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to acting class for a couple hours. That's what that movie is like. These movies, same thing. Absolutely terrific movies. Uh, and the acting is just impeccable. Awesome job. And 
It's actually based on two different books, which is weird. So not only do you have two movies based on the same episode of a person's life, they're based on two different books about the same episode of a person's life. So absolutely highly recommended. Uh, Capote and Infamous are both on Amazon Prime. Actually, Infamous, you have to have stars, but stars was on a deal. So I've got stars. So they're both available streaming. And, and again, I'm glad we don't have this happening in Hollywood as much as we used to. At least I don't think we do, where it's like, oh, here's a great idea. Let's both make a movie about it. And like, what the hell? <laughs> but since these are both really good. As, well, as no, Paramount to... is starting a series called Pain's Jawned. <laughs> Why? I'm, so, I'm, I, I hope I'm making that up. Armageddon and Deep Impact. Uh, which, frankly, mm. um, one of those is kind of worth watching, and it's stupid. Uh, both of these movies are absolutely worth watching. Highly recommend Infamous and Capote. So let's see. We're highly recommending, uh, what, Capote and, and Infamous and Captain Fantastic and WandaVision. So there's enough to make it through Monday. And Kubo and the Two Strings. From now, and Kubo and the Two Strings. Sure, why not? Yes, I realize the show <laughs> comes out on Monday, but you know what? You've got enough to watch until next Monday when another one of these shows comes out. So we've given you enough incentive to avoid COVID by staying home and watching a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?